Welcome back. This is the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostess, Linda Bruno. And hanging out today with Corey Disson. Hello. Linda. Or should I say are you? the hostess with the mostess? <laughs> Sometimes I'm a host with the most hostess with the mostess would be more appropriate, I guess, right? It's all good. I'm I'm uh, stoked to be able to hang out with you today. Yeah, this is awesome. We hang out remotely because you're in Philly, right? That is correct. Just outside in the burbs. So you get the same weather we get too up here in New York. Yeah, it's pretty a, much a dose of crappy with a little bit of yucky. <laughs> so I had a chance this morning. I was kind of catching up on some of your podcast episodes. You've got a podcast called Go Get It. Correct. The Go Get It podcast. That's uh, it's kind of like 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 it kind of formulates what you're all about. That was, yeah, that was the point. I mean, I'm uh, kind of allergic to complacency um, with uh, myself and obviously with the folks around me. And I I figured it was time to start uh, spreading the word and not so much demanding, but really just kind of urging folks to go get it and stop, you know, get out of their own way and go, go chase your dream or pursue your career or whatever you're passionate about. Now, you come from a, a long like career here in this business, which is great. I thought it would be really good for uh, some of the up-and-coming voice actors out there that do listen to this podcast to get some valuable information uh, from you regarding like marketing and branding, because you've been in this business a long time. Yep. So I've been doing that for, geez, uh, 25, 26 years now, and I've done it for uh one talent as Paul Turner's general manager for nice. a decade I, I've done it for um, a, a production company selling post-production video and uh, audio post-production which I still do uh, currently for propulsion media labs and also marketing hundreds of voice talent over the years uh, because when I started in this business, it was, I was, like I said, I was basically marketing Paul, you know, the voice mm-hmm. of the Howard Stern show. Yeah. And that was pretty, it wasn't that difficult because, uh, <laughs> you know, he had, he had the big book of business. Right. But when we started to book everybody else but Paul, that's when, you know, I learned things about a unique selling position, for mm. example. You know, th- what makes you unique, finding a niche. These are all things that I kind of learned as I went through attrition. That's great. That's that's and that's valuable information that I think a lot of people don't really think about. You know, they think, well, I'm going to work on the craft, which is one thing, but then you got to bring in all the business aspects too. That well, too, what you know. what a lot of voiceover talent fail to realize, and I and I put out a lot of video content about this, is that even the most talented or the most you you know uh, God given deep voice or raspy voice or you know, uh, whatever the, the talent level is, that person, that professional is a salesperson, period. Hmm. And you have to be able to sell yourself, especially because the, the pool's pretty stocked with fish, if you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it is these days. And what are you going to do when there's millions of people out there in the universe identifying themselves as a voice talent or a voice actor or whatever the buzzword is? Mm-hmm. And, and what I try to preach is you have to figure out some way to represent yourself, some way to separate yourself from the pack. Because, look, everybody sounds unique. But there are a lot of voices that are similar and within the same range. Right. And people can shop, you know, uh, wherever they want to shop. If they want a deep voice guy or they want the the ESPN2 Mountain Dew 
you know, mm-hmm. edgy guy. They go here if they want the Demi Moore esque sexy female. There's thirty of those. Mm-hmm. What are you What are you going to do to separate yourself and create attention so that they you get that phone call or that email first? Mm-hmm. But I, I'm sure you probably also give um, some good advice too with you know long term careers being in the voice industry for such a long time. You know, I was just talking about this with my uh, New York agents two weeks ago. How they were saying that every talent has usually has their time. You know, and they're like the it voice or they book a lot of things, their sound. And then, you know, there's a trend shift or, you know, the just the the swing changes. And now this talent still has to go find work, you know, because maybe they're not the it voice anymore, you know, or they're not the popular pick for like the big stuff. Well, that's where that's Mm -hmm. where the marketing and the process, um, you know, adhering to a routine of marketing yourself daily that's where that kicks in. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about when the fad goes away or when you're when the spotlight points to someone else, you will if you're doing what you're supposed to and you're grooming the relationships and cultivating the relationships with agents and agencies and production houses. Mm-hmm. Those folks are going to want to continue to do business with you because you've got your claws into them. They know what how it feels to work with you. Mm-hmm. They'll 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 navigate jobs to you because you've put in that time to create and cultivate that relationship. Now, what at what point is it like, hmm, maybe I'll save this question for later because it's more regarding like relationships with production houses and with the people that you're talking about. I mean, you can maybe do a number of jobs with a production house and they have a lot of work for you and then all of a sudden things will fall off a little bit. I mean, at that point, what do you think a talent should do if suddenly they're not getting called by an agency or a production house anymore? That, that's a great question. And I'm often on the receiving end of those phone calls and those emails to say, hey, what happens? Everything right. okay? Um, and th- that's fine. I mean, and what I tell all of our talent, because Propulsion Media Labs, you know, we, we have about 100 talent in our roster, which are they're working continuously, most of them. But for the ones where things drop off from time to time and there's concern, for the for those who haven't experienced that little lull before, and I get that question, which is welcomed, it's the ebb and flow of the business. Mm-hmm. You know, like you like you mentioned earlier, clients are finicky. Clients, you know, their taste change. Some are like kittens, and you put something flat, <laughs> you know, shiny in front of them. They pay attention to that. You know, ultimately. Because you as a talent have super served us all along the way and you've done such a great job, not just with your performance, but with your client service and your session etiquette and all that stuff, you know, folks want to shop where they're comfortable and shop with who they're comfortable with. Right. And it comes back around. You just got to be patient. But at the same time, you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket either. You ought to have... 15 propulsion media labs you're you're mm-hmm. you know getting work from so that at any given time if some one of one or two of those do drop off something else fills in the void for you mm-hmm. I have found that uh, long-term uh, career success for me has come from being uh, versatile with different genres of voiceover 
So, and I kind of equate it to balancing a bunch of plates, you know, and then when one plate starts to maybe, uh, you know, decrease a bit, I know that I have cultivated my talent with another, you know, like IVR work. I do a lot of IVR work, um, you know, with one particular company that I do like a bunch of Pfizer stuff and, and sure. Hyundai and Kia. And then I won't hear from them for a few months, you know, but that's okay because, okay, great. I do promo work for, you know, this client or Disney or whomever. But for me, I have found that I've only stayed relevant for for a long time by trying to um, keep up with the trends of what's changing vocally and also the different genres, you know, the different places that you can potentially tap into. Well, to put a big bow on what you just said, you just kind of kind of finished off the circle and came back to where we started, you're you're not being complacent. You're going to get it. Right, right. Hence, and go get it podcast. Go get it. The Go Get It <laughs> podcast. That's right. I mean, you said it all right there. It's that you didn't, you didn't wait for things to slow down. You hustled and you picked up a new skill or developed a new genre so that when things did cool off in, in another area, that one picks up the slack. I mean, that's... That's the epitome of what I'm trying to to preach out there. You're doing it as far as being versatile from genre to genre. Other folks, it's like, hey, pick up the phone and send some emails. Mm-hmm. Send some send some LinkedIn messages and do some Instagram direct messages. I mean, you can't you have to you have to be multilateral in your attack. Ooh, I like that word. You know why why I do it though, Corey? Because I like to have a house. <laughs> I like well, to yeah. eat. <laughs> I like to I have a it. car. <laughs> the best the best line I heard that sounds a lot like what you just said. I've got a friend of mine who's in in our business. He's not a talent, but he he sold radio for like a hundred years for uh-huh. infinity and whatnot. And and I asked him a question like, you know, why do you still pick up the phone and you cold call when you have, you know, he's the guy has like a, had a tremendous book of business and, you know, very well-known sales guy. And he said to me, you know, Core, I got a bad habit. I like to eat three times a day. <laughs> That's true. I feel like I, I get up in the morning. I'm like, okay, if I don't do this, okay, the check isn't going to be coming. I got to get out of bed. I got to go, go in. I got to hustle. I got to contact people. Um, kind of living in fear. <laughs> well, you know, it's too. healthy. It's healthy. And yeah. it's so it's so important that you say that and that you're recording that and you're going to share that message with the masses because there's so many people that call themselves a voiceover talent without really knowing the whole crust of the business. Right. <laughs> And really what it takes to be successful. And a lot of that is the not-so-sexy stuff. It's not about hearing yourself on the local radio station or seeing yourself on a national TV spot. It's maybe getting up an hour earlier so that you're doing an hour's worth of social media interactions or mm-hmm. you're writing a blog or you're sending out your hand handwriting thank you notes that you wouldn't otherwise do. And a lot of folks take that for granted. So I'm, I'm trying to shine a light on that and say, hey, wake up, jerky. Come on, yeah. let's go. <laughs> well, that's what we try to do with the VoiceOver Gurus podcast as well, because we, we speak from reality. I'm not a fan of the glamorization that has been put on a lot of this career, um, because it is a heck of a lot of hard work. And, you know, you got to really want it if you want to do this for, for a living. Well, especially because half or more of your time spent in this business is being told no. Exactly. Daily rejection. Daily rejection. 
I mean, we are gluttons for punishment in this business. I mean, it's like that in any sales business. Because like I said, everyone's a salesperson. But in voiceover work, it's so subjective. I mean, it, right. if, you, if you continue to surround yourself with the same six people in your little bubble, in your little cocoon that say, oh, you're so great. You're, you have a, <laughs> such a nice voice. Mm-hmm. You know, you should, you should get into voiceovers or whatever it is. If you just listen to that, you know, same little chorus of, uh, you know, uh, pats on the back, you're, you're never going to succeed. It's you got to be able to take the rejection. And, and another thing I commonly say is you got to punch failure in the face. Yeah. Yeah. But staying strong, you know, it's you have to have I've talked about this before. You have to have a support system of some sort because it is a, a it can be a very lonely, tough road. Um, I, I do tell the story from time to time about when I first started out, I almost quit twice doing voiceovers because I was just so frustrated. If it hadn't been for my ex-husband at the time, constantly saying to me, no, the right producer is going to hear you. The right person will hear you. I literally probably would have left because it was I, I moved to New York. I booked this great job. I get residuals. I get to enjoy the whole union thing. And then all of a sudden I don't book anything for six months. And six months of going on audition after audition after audition and not making a dime. Um, and it was like gut-wrenching. It was absolutely gut-wrenching. But you, kind of, you have to have some, you know, or, man, if you're really that strong to do it on your own, congratulations. But, you know, I, I really thank the people that I had in my life, as well as the friends that I have that are in the business, too, that kind of say, hey, it's okay. Stick it out. Keep going. You can do this. You know, that kind of support. Well, luckily, you know, I would say, you know, look, there's always haters in whatever industry you're in, but the voiceover community especially does a really good job of paying it forward. Oh, yeah, it's great. And sharing information and letting folks cry on each other's shoulders at the same time of, you know, high-fiving each other and even kicking each other in the rear end to say, hey, you need to do this, <laughs> that, or the other. Right. Um, and and I'm, I'm obviously trying to contribute to that community. But, you know, the, the reality is, is that especially now, and I would say maybe within the last decade or more, the barrier of entry into the voiceover field has become so small, so short, Mm-hmm. That you can basically trip over your own feet and call yourself a voice talent if you have a USB mic and a laptop. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm not saying it's a good a good talent, but that, right. that that's what's out there. Right. That the folks who sort of made it previously, they're like, well, what the heck? This this guy's taking work from me, and he didn't you know mm-hmm. pay his dues like me. But that's I go back to sticking with your process. You know, getting your marketing done day after day, brick by brick, the war Mm -hmm. of attrition. It's important. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Now, I wanted to ask you, when it came to branding, what do you think is the most important thing a talent can do to kind of figure out, you know, what would be best for them, uh, how to brand themselves, you know? So I had had a great discussion with uh, uh, a little known guy named Chuck Duran. (laughs) You might know Chuck from VO Buzz Weekly, and he is just... He's a he's a gem. He's a good egg, and I just heard one of the demos he produced. It sounded phenomenal. Well, and it helps that he's freaking talented too. <laughs> but he and I had this discussion because he's actually a, a guest on an upcoming episode of the podcast, and and I sort of posed the same question to him, and he gave a really really uh, direct 
easy to remember answer for that. And I'm, I want to give him full credit because it's not me talking, it's him. Mm-hmm. And he said, basically, you need to look just like you sound. Oh, interesting. And that made, that resonated with me. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I preach a similar philosophy. I just uh-huh. didn't put it in a nice, neat package like he said it. I mean, it's all about discovering. What I try to say is you need to do the three Ds. You need to discover, you need to distill, and then you need to deploy. The discovery is, is a lot of times that's brainstorming about what makes your your voice unique or your career unique you know, reflecting, maybe you, you bounce it off a third party, the types of jobs you normally get, what you're good at, what you're competent at, you know, your likes, your dislikes, your yeah. hobbies. You take all of those things because that creates the sort of picture, the fingerprint of who you are. And then you take that and you have to distill it down to what really jumps out, to what is really the most unique thing. And once you find that, whatever you dilute it down to, that's your brand. Mm-hmm. And then you deploy it. You got to share it with the masses. You got to get it on your website. You got to get it on your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You got to put it on your email signature. That's about looking like you sound. Oh, I got you. Okay. So, how important do you think it is that a that a talent really does a lot of social media? So, social media in my opinion is only as good as the time you put in with it. Um, to simply have a social media presence, I don't even care if you invested in some profile guru that has the most, uh, you know, SEO, blah, blah, blah for your profile. You have every, you know, uh, meta tag and keyword. (laughs) It it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, you need to have a, a compelling looking profile on any platform with the necessary information so folks can gather who you are and what you're all about. But what folks often miss is, is you have to interact with the people in in those communities daily, and you have to contribute content that is daily that is not a commercial for you. For you, yes. Okay, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Most, I see so many talent that just don't get that. They think every post has to be, I do radio commercials, please hire me. Here's myvoice.com. No, that is not how it works. You have to contribute something to the conversation. Share a tip. Share a technique. Share an experience. The the sell, the ask, is implied. Everyone knows that you're looking for business on this platform. It's a business-to-business advertising platform. Everyone Mm -hmm. knows that. And if someone can take that approach and contribute to the conversation and understand it's a marathon, it's a long game, you can't expect to, you know, if I connect with Linda Bruno on Friday, I can't expect on Saturday to ask for the, your next script to hire me. <laughs> it does. It doesn't work that way. You have to get to know that person. These LinkedIn, especially LinkedIn, is like they. Of course, it's uh, 
the new online networking meeting, you know, where you used to go and you put right. on you put on professional attire and you went, it was like during happy hour, they had <laughs> cocktails, you go into a big room and, have, and there's little high top tables around <laughs> and everybody shakes hands. Shake and, a lot of hands, yeah. And you, you give your business card. Well, that is LinkedIn and most folks mm-hmm. sit at the bar. <laughs> You have to get out on the dance floor. Right, right. <laughs> and you got to mingle and you have to get to know people and you can't just dance with one person. You got to you got to work the room. Oh, I hate that shit though. I really do. <laughs> it's it's look, it's not for everybody. It, I didn't do it, believe it or not, as uh, with the thank goodness the social media presence that I have now. I used to be very anti that. Talk to me 2-3 years ago. I didn't yeah. have time for that. Yeah. But that's that's the avenue. That's where things happen. And if yeah. you can, you know, on LinkedIn, like I say, if you get out on the dance floor and you get to know someone, that's the courtship that happens. Back in the day, if you wanted to to uh, uh, hang out and date a nice girl, well, you had to court her. You, flowers <laughs> and candy. And you go see a movie and you talk face-to-face at dinner. Well, none of that happens anymore. Mm-hmm. The link LinkedIn is the virtual courtship. You have to do it over time. Now, Instagram, on the other hand, mm-hmm. that is speed dating. Oh, okay. That's a good comparison. That is the, the path to a sale can be much faster because the attention span on that platform is so quick. There's not a lot of rich big articles right. and blah. It's a quick picture with a caption. Mm-hmm. It's got to catch your eye. But if you can catch someone's eye you can direct message them right away and usually like if they're if you're doing it for business to business and you and you get in that direct message conversation you can have your selling and buying conversations much faster interesting Interesting. that's that's my experience that's kind of what i try to to uh, share how about with twitter how do you feel about twitter so twitter is closer to Instagram than it is to LinkedIn just because you have a character limit. Mm-hmm. But you can also link to you know outside sites. You can hashtag things. I'm finding, for me, Twitter is much more of a pop culture uh, Facebook light. Right. Because there is a lot of toxicity on there and, and people share personal photos and whatnot. Oh, you gotcha. Know, mm-hmm. it, it, if I had to make a recommendation as far as, you know, the, the original question was, you know, talent using social media. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn and Instagram, that's like one and one A. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Th- those, are, those are huge. And, uh, you know, th- th- you can be very successful if you apply certain techniques. Uh, let me ask you, what do you what are your thoughts on talent that their their posts are only centered around their booking, their latest booking? Uh, well, they need to expand their repertoire. Because if every post is, I just booked this, and it's a picture of them in the studio, I just booked that, and I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, honestly, it annoys me. There's a well, certain, I think there's a forum for it, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's okay to to uh, you know say hey look at me look look at this great job I did, but is that really helping you get to know that potential buyer? Right. You know why not tell them I I did ten auditions today and I didn't land one. That's a great piece of content. Yeah, it makes you more authentic. I mean, just the fact that 
voiceover gurus were just like totally normal seems to attract people just based on that. Because, you know, you have people that have had success and are willing to talk about the crap. Well, the crap and the, 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 the word that I used, and I'll say it again, is authenticity. Yes. You know, the, they want to know they're dealing with real people, that it's you're not only sharing your successes, but maybe it's like some of that is, hey, show me some behind the scenes stuff. Show me where you record. It's mm-hmm. because it, not everyone is going to a studio and shaking hands and doing all that pageantry anymore. You know, in the voiceover business, it's still pretty sexy for that client to say, wow, so that's the face behind the voice. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Or that's the microphone you use. Or that this is how you record my audio. Or, that's cool. uh, you know, here, here's, here's how I market myself today. Or this is the conference that I went to. Or I met this person. Mm-hmm. Tell stories about, you know, about your daily activities. I mean, I, I, I look at... And I think voiceover talent should look at their social media profiles as television stations. Oh, interesting. Can you imagine if your local CBS affiliate, all they did, if all their programming was, we got an award-winning news team. Look at our award-winning weatherman. Here's Mm -hmm. our award-winning sport. That is the equivalent of a voice talent that says, look at this cool job I got over and over and over again. Right, right. You have to vary the programming daily. Right. Mm-hmm. You can have you can have consistent programming. You can do if if you know like, you know, if I'm using the old sort of TV guide analogy, if you know that, you know, MASH comes on every Thursday at, at eight o'clock, well then yeah. you you can do that on your social media. But vary it up. Have different types of programming on different days. And there's all different types of things you can do. You just got to be committed to doing it every day. Not everyone has the energy for it. Well, that's the other part, too. You know, I have found that, man, it's a lot of work, which is why I, you know, I struggle to put out new blog posts for voice voiceover gurus because, man, I get up in the morning, first thing I'm on my computer, and then I have to sit there and look at the social feeds, and then I have to, like, think of content to post or to share with people. It's, it's literally like a part-time job. It's a part-time it, job. It's, it's a lot of work. And I'll share with you. I have a I have an advisor, a coach that I work with, just on a personal level. And he's mm-hmm. a guy by the name of Dana Cavalier. Great dude, former strength coach for the New York Yankees. And you know he makes it clear that you have to have Linda time mm-hmm. every day. And you know, look for some, you know, that time, that personal time is going to the gym first mm-hmm. before your day starts but if you're looking to commit to a social media posting schedule you have to block it off every day and right. it happens because what happens is your your email starts going off your yeah. texts start coming in and you get distracted and then you say oh i found things that are more important than doing the social media when you can spin both of those plates at the same time if you block out the time and give yourself and assign that time and stick to it. 
See, I do have ta- uh, trouble with time management because, you know, as as you know, in this business, especially for talent, we have our ups and downs. There's days when you're like packed and seems like a million clients need you. And then the next day the phone doesn't ring or, you know, your email isn't working or seems like it isn't working. So on those days, it's like you're making hay while the sun shines. And so the social media and all that seems to take a back burner because I'm like, well, I have to do this job and I have to do that job. Um, and that's I get screwed up that way. Uh, so my I know my time management skills are probably not the best, but that's the reason why I haven't seemed to get myself on a good schedule where I know that I can consistently be putting out um, content. I mean, thankfully, I have an assistant who helps me with a lot of the social media stuff. Awesome. Um, but and she literally single handedly, you know, got us all the Twitter followers that we have with all the content that she was putting out. Um, and it's great. But, you know, it's interesting that. I will get more attention from posting, like you're saying, personal things, things about my day, things about a script I got, taking a picture in the studio. It's all stuff that's like very personal in my day to day that seems to get the most interest. It's often the most mundane subjects that get the greatest interaction and engagement. Yeah. Um, You know, like I said, you're, 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 removing the veil it's like linda's a real person oh so she, so she does hate mcdonald's and she likes wendy's better I, you know whatever it is i mean it's cool i mean look on occasion uh i don't do it so much on linkedin because it's i don't think it's that appropriate but on instagram and especially twitter twitter's more like my family bulletin board than anything else mm-hmm. but i'll i'll get you know some of my professional contacts if i post something up about my son if he you know just cranked a home run to win a game or something yeah and that video gets you know buku likes and uh <laughs> it's cool because when i get on the horn with these folks it gives us something else to talk about other than hey can you buy a spot for me today right <laughs> yeah i'm a, a big uh, golf aficionado especially working any of the tournaments that come to town cool. so i usually always post because every uh, august i always do it's the barclays or now northern trust um tournament and i always post my pictures from there and i put it in my newsletter and i always get a lot of you know of uh you know interaction and it's completely completely unrelated to voiceovers but it's that's, just that's the best the best stuff i yeah. mean and you know what there's so much of that that's around you and i say that to you directly but i also say that to everyone who's listening there's so much of that kind of stuff that you kind of take for granted because it's part of your everyday mm-hmm. you know it's almost like you gotta go about your day if 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 voiceover work or whatever field you're in is your passion if it's if it's not just a job if it's your career and you're invested in it you kind of have to go about your day like you're an investigative journalist mm. <laughs> And every little every little thing you see and absorb is a potential news item. Now you obviously want to have your privacy. There's certain things you don't want to share, right? But you know, there's all types of little odds and ends. You know, uh, I'm just trying to think of a recent example for me that wasn't exactly. It was industry related, but it really wasn't about a, a commercial or a voiceover. I'm going to uh, Temple University next week to do their. Uh, media and career fair so i just put up a little thing oh, that cool i just took a pic i took a screenshot of the website where i registered and i said this is where i'm going it's my alma mater i'm looking forward to it and sure enough the thing it's like a slot machine the thing started <laughs> stinging it's wonderful but that's because that's a personal part of you too 
Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and in that sort of subtle but not so subtle way, they figure out, wait a minute, okay, he went to Temple University. That's where he went to school. He's he's giving back to the community. He's hiring yeah. interns. I mean, he's not just in the studio all day. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. So now on your website, on CoreyDisson.com, mm-hmm. I mean, you have all sorts of uh, ways there that you can help uh, voice talent. Just tell me some of the highlights of the things that you can offer people. Well, I mean, uh, first and foremost, I, I do have an ebook that, I, if you don't allow me to shamelessly plug it, uh, that course. would be great. Um, and that's, uh, you know, five steps to help achieve the voiceover dream. And uh, as I'm sure over the years, you've been inundated with folks that say, hey, I want to be in voiceovers. What, what do I have to do? <laughs> I know. Or, or folks that are even in voiceovers and say, hey, I need help getting to the next level. So, mm-hmm. you know. I fielded hundreds of those inquiries, and I still do, especially with how social media is. So I said, you know what? I'm, I'll still continue to have conversations with folks. I'm not hiding from anyone, but I figured let me put it all down mm-hmm. in one spot. That's great. So it so it's easy. It's not cumbersome, and I can just you know, if someone wants to buy it, they can buy it, and they have all that information. It's modestly priced. It's not uh, a king's ransom. So that that's one way. I obviously have my podcast. Which uh, you know we're talking about issues and influencers in the in the voiceover industry. Did you just start industry. that recently? Uh-huh. That the the first episode aired on November first. Okay, so it's a pretty pretty recent yeah start. Mm-hmm. And I do that every couple of weeks, and I've been very fortunate that in a short period of time, I've developed a nice listenership, and the guests are starting to gravitate to me versus me nice. having to find them, which is always helpful. Uh huh. Um, you know, got some great episodes that I've recently recorded that are in post-production now that'll be like I said I talked to Chuck and Stacy they're going to be doing some stuff Randy Thomas is going to be on the show in two weeks Um, and your son is mixing it all my older son (laughs) that's correct yeah my older boy he's uh I say boy he's a grown man he's 31 years old but oh my uh, god yeah, he's uh, he's like a live sound engineer. Works with a lot of bands. He does uh, awesome. stuff in theaters and whatnot. And he happens to know Pro Tools really well. So I'm a big fan of keeping it in the family, and it gives him something else to to uh, round out his uh, repertoire and resume. So we're helping each other out, and he does a good job. It's uh, what were you like a child child groom? Because you do not look like you would have a 31 year old son. Well. That that's episode two of your podcast. Um, I'll, I'll I'll leave a little bit of mystery, but um, let's just say that uh, when I got married, I got the package deal. Whoa, gotcha! All right, nice, very nice. Uh, but I I've been his father since he's eleven years old. Oh, that's nice. That's wonderful that he's in a similar line of work too. Well, the Apple don't fall far. I guess uh, Metallica didn't come calling for a new guitarist, so he's <laughs> he's uh, he's running the board at the church on Sunday. <laughs> nice, and you get to employ him as well, or have him help you uh, put some shine on some of your podcasts. Well, too. yeah, I figured he can't take out the trash or walk the dog anymore, so <laughs> because he doesn't live with me, so now he gets to edit podcast episodes. One thing I wanted to ask you, because you have been on the receiving end of of, uh, you know, what talent are sending you from time to time uh, okay. to seek work. When does it get annoying to hear hear from someone? Does it ever get annoying? Is, does anyone ever bother you to the point where you're like, okay, I've heard enough from this person? Well, there's a pro and a con to that because, you know, I do get inundated with talent wanting 
me to, you know, represent them or hire them through propulsion and get them voiceover gigs. And there's two sides of that coin. There's the person that is annoying because they have no shot, meaning they're just not that good and they're just persistent. Mm-hmm. But then there's that other person that there's a there's a glimmer there. There's you know, but just because I'm busy and things happen, they circle back with me over and over again, and I end up respecting their salesmanship, their zeal, their passion. Oh wow! And you know, sometimes that's the sole reason why I I give them a shot is because they're a nudge like me. Okay, <laughs> so you can respect that, right? I respect that, but um, you know. We have at Propulsion Media Labs, you know, A, we've been doing what we've been doing, like I said, for a quarter century, and we built up a nice talent pool, and we have folks that are our go-to folks for whatever that given Mm -hmm. style of job is, and at one point in the uh, late 90s, we had about 400 on the roster, and it just got got too much to manage, and that's kind of when some of those what are now the the big P2Ps. That's when they started running with the ball and the the race to have the most talent. We just bowed out. We took a walk. We said, no, you guys have that. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to stick with folks that we felt were the most reliable, the most qualified, the most dependable. And we have the luxury of having kind of a velvet rope. Mm -hmm. Um, And I tell folks right up front, there's a, there is a literally a waiting list. I have a folder of probably it's like seven hundred deep. Oh my gosh! Of folks that want to work with us, and I and every demo that comes in, I do listen to pretty yeah. quick upon receipt because my attitude is: is you never know. I might find that one person's like, "Where has this person been the whole time? I, I need to use them." But the bar is set pretty high. I mean, the, the yeah. folk that we're in a high volume business. Our, our clients that work with us, they become comfortable. They like sure. that we have. They know who the the 10 hard sell automotive guys are. And they know who the the three or four really good character or impersonation guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they know who those folks are. And just because we have six, seven hundred projects to do every month, we often don't have a lot of time to vet someone Oh, gotcha. To, mm-hmm. to bring in someone new. So I tell them up front, say, look, there's a long line, but you never know. I'm not going to throw your demo out. Please check in with me periodically. And occasionally, a talent bows out. They retire. Um, maybe they, because uh, we work with a lot of non-union stuff, and sometimes mm-hmm. they, they, they wind up uh, landing with Atlas Talent or something, and then they're no longer non-union, and we have to replace that person, which is gotcha. par for the course. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, that's when I go back to the pool and I and I have little notations on the demos that maybe have possibilities and and those folks I reach back out to and then then I have to find out if they're able to meet the requirements that are very specific to propulsion, which is a whole other kettle of fish. Wow. You're talking like timelines and return and product. Oh, it's and- it's everything from you know, and it sounds crazy, but can you open a PDF? Wow. You have to even ask that? Oh, yeah. You'd be surprised because <laughs> you got to remember, put yourself, you know, in, in my shoes here and think of all of the newer talent entering the workforce. 
right. that don't understand that they're entrepreneurs and business people and not just voice talent, and they have no idea what Dropbox is. Oh my goodness! Yeah, or they don't okay. know that they don't know the difference of 256 kbps and a uncompressed wave file. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we have to vet all of those things, and also we're very demanding. I mean, our particular business, you have to be almost literally waiting by the phone for us. And if you're not, yeah. you gotta you gotta make it seem like you are. Yeah. Because we need things right away, and not everyone wants to do that. You know, we can be a pain in the butt as a company. We we drive our talent real hard. Um, you know, they, they get paid handsomely over the course of a year, but they, they earn it, and that's not for everybody. So we have to check on all of those things, like I said, from everything mm-hmm. from, you know, vetting their studio to how they deliver audio to can they be directed over the phone? Do they have Source Connect, ISDN? We check out all those things. Right. And then and then if they make the cut, then then they get auditioned and then a lot of times that's not just my decision solely. Mm-hmm. I have we, we kind of do it by committee. I'll bring in some of my producers or account coordinators to get some opinions. Um so it's it's a whole process and, and it, you know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. I don't always have you know those hours in the day to make, to review all those people. No, and it makes sense especially when you get so many, you know, trying to get your attention and we don't do it fly by night so that's that's right. kind of what i try to impress to the town who are it's like be careful what you ask for because you know if, if i do want you i'm gonna we're gonna be the biggest pain in the neck to get what we want because the reality is if you don't do it <laughs> someone else will someone else jumping in because right. they, they'll figure out a way to to meet our demands and it sounds crass and a little callous but th- this is business That's reality mm-hmm. it's reality and we have to do a good job for our clients our entire our brand our unique selling position at propulsion is our service mm-hmm. and our turnaround and our speed it you know we we deal with so many you know we say we absorb aggravation everyone wants something last minute 10 mm-hmm. spots do at the same time etc cetera, etc cetera. we welcome those kind of things. And if we can't deliver, well, then it hurts my bottom line. And I have a problem where I can't make that tuition payment. And then Corey gets a little angry. (laughs) But the same concept applies as well when you have an agent, when you're going out for an audition, because like a casting, if a casting's being done, a certain number of people are supposed to be presented to a client. And if you're not going to turn in your audition, or if your agent actually put, you know, put some faith in you and said, okay, I can only send five people for this audition, and you're one of them, and you don't turn around that audition, then your agent's like, well, screw you, I'm going to wind up using somebody else the next time I have a great job coming along the line. Um, It's the same thing, you know, but I know I do a lot of car spots myself, so I know that whole environment and that world. I wind up getting jobs because producers will say to me, we can't find the female or she went on vacation or something. Can you do this? And of course, I'm like, yep, I can, because I basically live tied to my microphone. And I try to tell people that that's how you have to be. Uh, Like I said, I've made a career out of that, Um, you know, and it's not just my mouth to feed. I mean, we have 13 employees at Propulsion Media Labs. It's, you know, what I tell, you know, it often comes up when, you know, some of the producers or employees might be rubbed the wrong way at client X or client Y because they're demanding. Or I, I try to remind folks that, hey, 
this the reason why we put up with what we put up with and we hustle like we do and we sweat and we bleed for these clients is because it's about mortgage payments. <laughs> it's about tuition. It's about car payments. It's about families. Yes. <laughs> you know, some of our guys ha- and gals have kids. So it's like, I take that very seriously. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I make a direct correlation <laughs> to where if we don't maintain a, a valued client's business, that affects my grocery money. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I take that approach because I, I savor that. I never want you know, that to go away. I mean, it's, That's great. It's, it's not often that you have a that kind of run at the same business doing sort of the same thing mm-hmm. year after year after year. And the reason for that is, is we, we, we really take it serious. And you've adjusted probably to the changing times, whatever has, you know, needed to. Oh, adjusted, absolutely. You know? uh, from, from satellite radio is going to kill radio spots <laughs> to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Netflix is going to stop. We're going to stop doing TV commercials. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, Pandora is going to take away broadcast radio, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If a- actually the changing times have helped our business because now we have YouTube mm-hmm. and, you know, cell phone video and web video and pre rolls and all these things that need production services, it's not broadcast on television anymore. It's just a different screen. Yeah, exactly. But thank goodness everybody's still working. Still doing production and still doing voiceovers. Oh, God bless. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Thanks so much for joining me today, Corey. This was really nice and really, really um, helpful, I think, to a lot of people. Linda, you are good people. And anytime Aww. you need something from me, you just give me a shout. Oh, I appreciate that. So that's CoreyDisson.com. You got it D-I-S-S-E-N. And it's I-N. I-N. Oh, sorry. <laughs> D-I-S-S-I-N. I'm not a very good... Uh, uh, host hostess with the mostess um coreydisson.com check out his website and get more information from him uh, that way as well but thank you so much again for joining me Corey. i really appreciate it and you giving me so much of your time as well you are absolutely welcome and don't forget to go get it exactly and that does it for today's episode or this week's episode of the voiceover gurus podcast and we will see you again real soon